0: It's time to wake up, recover from last night's mess, and get your fix of sports caffeine. It's time to kickstart your day with the latest sports news and opinions. Get ready. Sports Caffeine is live in three, two, one. And welcome to another episode of Sports Caffeine. Hope everybody's doing well. Of course, I am El Bushman. Alongside with me is Chip from all the way from Alpharetta, Georgia, doing his special agent thing. And of course, we've got James Ludeman, the host of Set the Sales podcast, which is on FanStream Sports, which you can listen to Sports Caffeine along with Set the Sales and a whole bunch of other podcasts that are on there as well. Uh, You can stream us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Google Play. Gentlemen, what's going on?
1: Top of the evening. How Top, are
0: we all doing? Good. Top of the evening to you, sir. Uh, so, we, you know, uh, when I when I messaged you guys, I figured, hey, we kind of could do like a relaxed show. Don't really need a rundown. We can just talk sports. If you have a drink, we could just crack one open and sip, sip, and let's let's talk sports, man. So, um, I think the the biggest news this past couple of days, and I think we're almost to the point where sports are gearing up was they had the, the round table last night with all the commissioners, and uh, everyone looked good except for Rob Manfred, who looked like a stooge who was on the round table. Um, when uh, Mike uh, when Greeny asked him all the questions about you know what's going on, he basically said, uh, it's 100% a disaster. I don't feel confident about this. And basically making himself, and not only himself, but the league, look like a bunch of shenanigans. So I wanted to get your guys' take on that. Did you happen to watch the roundtable last night, guys? Did you happen to see that last night on ESPN?
1: I watched the 30 for 30, or just got done watching it a little bit ago. Okay, Uh, I did not watch the entire thing of the the roundtable.
0: Okay. James, did you uh, happen to see that? Because we'll we'll talk about the 30 for 30, about the long-gone summer, because that is something I want to talk about too.
2: You know, it's interesting to me when i did watch and i didn't and i won't lie to you i didn't watch the whole entire thing of it but what i did catch um you know you're very right uh el bushman when you say that rob manfred just looked like stooch um and and it's just so amazing to me how all of these sports uh just seem to have completely uh, most of the sports are in the same you know mindset right now is Mm -hmm. that we want to have sports but we want to do it obviously as safely as possible Yep. Um, I think, I think you know the NHL did a great job of, of kicking it off. Uh, the NBA has done really well of coming in and, and, and although they've got drama of their own going on, uh, but I think Adam Silver to his credit, did a great job last night of explaining you know the importance of basketball and what it means not just to uh, you know sports in general, but as a community who's hurting right now. Uh, and, and I think I, I really gained a lot of respect for Adam Silver last night uh, after hearing what he had to say. And Rob Manfred's just like, well, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what we're doing. Nobody knows what we're doing. It's like they're just sitting around. Just it, It's like Rob Manfred and the, and the players are just sitting around going, well, no, it's your turn. No, I no, mean, no! It's your turn. It was you go uh,
0: first. No, it you got, go first. It got to the point where, and this, and the main reason why I wanted to watch the roundtable last night was because I wanted to hear what Rob Manfred had to say. I mean, I, I had in the back of my mind like the other owner, other commissioners would have it together, and Manfred would come out give some explanation of what's going on if they have something in place of of what they're gonna do. And he just flat out was he looked I mean, I'm gonna go back to the the the, the adjective stooge because he looked like a Stooge. He I mean, the guy as a public speaker is terrible. Um, so it's gotten to the point where the players are like, even Blake Snell's like, look, just tell us when and when we can start this thing because it's 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 now to the point, James, as you said, it's just it's it's like comical. It's like it's back and forth, back and forth. I think everybody's to the point where it's just give us some kind of baseball. I think what it's gonna come down to is it'll be a fifty game season, they'll get hundred percent uh, prorated of their, of, their, uh, of their salary, and we'll have a 50 game schedule like the owners want them to to do, and, and that's that. I, I other than that, I think it, it just puts a further black eye on this already ongoing saga, which is the MLB. It's just it stinks, it just stinks because you know everybody's just now to the point where it's like, if you're gonna do it, do it. If not, then just let's move on to another another season. Because at this point, you know, and I think Greeny said this last night on the, on the round table, it's like, you know. Are are we past this point? Are we are we just ready? You know, are we going to be doing this, or are we not going to be doing this? So, um, so yeah, you know, Manfred looked like a stooge. I think what he needs to do is maybe step down after this whole debacle is over, and they should have somebody that knows what the hell they're doing um, in place as commish. Because right now, his track record right now as a commish has been very, very, very bad.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I'll go ahead. Sorry, Chip. I don't
1: know. I was just going to say that baseball we were coming off. A season last year, or they did a record of ten point seven billion dollars mm-hmm. in revenue, and it was up from ten point three billion, which was the previous record. So a sport that's that's doing so well and have so many, you know, breaking records budgetary wise for the past two years, you can't get all these guys in a room and you can't divide up that pie evenly ten point seven billion between Teams, players, owners, and staff. You can't take ten point seven billion dollars divided by all the teams and just make it and get it get it going, get a number. So I don't know. I, I I'm kind of a, with both of you as far as get the get the money get the money straight, get it right. And you know if you're going to play, great. If you're not, move to the side and get out of the way. Well, I think uh, the interesting to, part.
2: things. The interesting part to me is that it, it's baseball. You know, they had this strike years ago, and I know we're going to talk about the 30 for 30 documentary here in just a minute, but one of the things they said in that documentary was, you know, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa came at a time where people still didn't like baseball because of the strike. Yep. And I think that's exactly what might happen if there's not a season this year. Look, I don't think 50 games is acceptable. I'm just, I'm going to say that right now. And because of that, I have just – my opinion, El Bushman, is I'm done. No season. If if you cannot do more than 70 games, there's no sense of doing a season right now. It's too late in the game. This should have been done months ago. This should have been finished and done. Yes, I understand you want to do things safely, but you can do exactly what the NHL, the NBA – and every other sports, you know, soccer is getting ready to start next week. I mean, there, there's ways to do it to where you can still make this work for everybody. Yes, I know the money's a big deal, but to me, I think at this point, you know, 50 games is not going to do it for me. And I'm just, I would rather them just not play than to play 50 games and, and really take away from, you know, what could be a, a decent season you know with all this drama it just it just doesn't make sense to me
0: no i agree with you too i think 50 games is is unacceptable i think if you had 75 and i 80 games that's okay with me like 50 games is like an appetizer before you you know order the meal and we're not going to get the full meal we're just getting an appetizer so no i agree with that i think 50 games is is almost laughable when it comes to okay here's a here's a sample size of what could have been a 2020 season even though we could have played 80 to maybe over 100 games this season because we could have, but now we just can't get anything done, and now it's it's at pro- possibly 50 games. So, Chip, let me ask you, uh, if they're doing 50 games, are you going to go to any games? No.
1: No. I mean, and I think the one big thing for me is that um, this is taking way too long. Baseball had the earliest jump on a lot of this stuff, and I think this is just kind of a – Like we've all said, I mean, this just kind of shows how disconnected everyone is from owners to players to, I mean, you know, something's got to get, something's got to get done. And even if you do play a game, I'll only be attending if we, if we're even allowed to in a media fashion, but no, I won't go out of my way to go pay for a baseball game.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you guys. And and so, yeah, so let's move on. Let's move on to Long Gone Summer. Um Overall, I think it was a a great documentary. I think uh, I wanted I wanted more though. I left feeling kind of uh, kind of not satisfied. I mean, two hours is good, but like, give me like maybe a, a four part series instead of just two hours on Sunday night. I, overall, it was great, but I I, I felt uh, unsatisfied. Um, and it was it was a great documentary overall when it comes to that 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 time period of where baseball was. Looking for something to ha- reignite that spark, and you know that's that's what what the long gone summer did. That summer of '98, man, that w- everybody was tuned in to see the home run chase uh, of of somebody's going to be Roger Maris, and, and you know it first started off with with Ken Griffey Jr. and Mark McGuire, and then it ended up being between Sammy Sosa uh, and Mark McGuire at the end of it. So, thoughts on the long gone summer?
2: Um, I I loved it. I loved every second of it. I, to me. And, and now that you say that, uh, I was about not getting enough out of it. I kind of look <laughs> back and go, "Man, maybe you're right." Maybe, yeah. What 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 more could I have had? Exactly. Uh, and now I think about it, but man, I, I'm going to tell you this: these are these are just a couple things I took away from it. Number one, the fact that Sammy Sosa has not been back to Wrigley is a travesty, and I think that they need to they need to fix that immediately. I under- Look, I understand steroids in baseball. Um, I, I even tweeted out and I felt kind of bad for saying it, but I, I still believe both of these guys should be hall of famers. And, and and I know that's saying a lot because for years I sat there and was like, oh, Barry Bonds and he's a juicer and, and, and things like that. And I, I don't respect steroids in baseball. I really don't. And it's, and that's why it's so hard for me to say on the one hand that these guys should go. But then on the other hand, I look at this documentary and everything that, that happened You know, like I mentioned earlier, with with coming off the strike just a couple years after this, it gave fans of baseball something to be excited about again. And that was cool. And I remember even being 10 years old and watching this happen. I remember watching that game between the Cubs and and the Cardinals when Mark McGuire broke the the record of Roger Maris. And, you know, what was the other interesting thing was, and I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of feeling stupid about it, right after that game my mind as a 10 year old apparently just went blank because I didn't even realize that they kept hitting home runs after that. Yeah, Like I was just like, Holy crap. They they kept going. There was yep. more. Like, I don't even remember this part. I remember the record being broken because I remember watching it. But then after that, they hit like nine or 10 more home runs after that was over. So yeah. I'm just like, mm-hmm. wow, that was really cool to, to kind of see that. Cause I, I didn't even, it didn't even click for me. <laughs> uh, Cause I was just a little kid at that point, but man, I loved it. But, uh, again, I think Sammy not being in Chicago uh, since that time, you know, since he was let go and things like that, um, just just a travesty, and, and it was such a great season all the way around between those two guys, and then you can't, of course, forget about Ken Griffey Jr., who had a great season, too, uh, but just, you know, wasn't as good as, as what Mark and Sammy did, for sure. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I think also, and just going back to those moments, and Nell Bushman, we talked about it uh, on a previous podcast, is that you know I still get chills. You know, I still remember you know watching the the sixty second home run and, and remembering uh, you know McGuire picking up his kid, and that it was a night game, and that it was a a line drive, you know, down the left field line, and you know seeing the the groundskeeper kid who got it and you know having him getting to present the ball to to mark mcguire uh you know it was just kind of uh nostalgic i got a chance to remember some of those first thoughts and feelings of things that you know i was overcome with back then uh in 98 i was 18 uh so just remembering kind of that 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 feeling and everything that went along with it plus to think that you know sammy sosa was just a a guy who you know, he signed, you know, shined shoes and Yeah. and the Dominican. I mean, he, can't, he came out of nowhere, and he'd always been a really great player and a hard worker and um, kind of with James. So just to have everything come together uh, for both those guys. And, and it galvanized baseball. You know, they did interviews throughout that whole thing of, you know, women that were 65 who never watched baseball, who started to watch baseball, and, you know, kids that were, you know, In elementary school, getting the day off, you know, having to go to to watch the game. And it was just something that brought everybody back to the sport, um, you know, after the strike and and kind of just picked baseball up and shined it up to be what we've always grown up uh, seeing baseball as, which is uh, America's game. Uh, And it brought that same energy. And I think that, you know, you have to find some way to galvanize this problem that we have now, and I don't, I don't know if there's something that can do that uh, in the in the season they have now. And maybe, like we just discussed, maybe you bring Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, and Sammy Sosa to uh, a stadium when you open the season, and you have baseball talk to them about what they did, and maybe, I don't know. I mean, maybe uh, you. Recognize I'm, them for three great hitters and invite them to the Hall of Fame. I mean, you got to have something. You got to have a lightning rod to get people focused either off of that. Okay, what sol- do you
0: got? I have a solution. Bring steroids back to baseball. <laughs> 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 you, might, you might, you might, as well have to do it right now. And well, watching, watching that documentary, and I, I loved how McGuire was so. Poised, he was a great interview, I and mean, he admitted to to PEDs uh, back in 2010. And the boy, he talked about it uh, at the end of the the documentary. But Sammy's still kind of you know standing pat to where he you know didn't admit to to doing PEDs. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Cubs don't want him back in Wrigley's because he hasn't admitted to it flat out that he used PEDs during that run. And there was a uh, one of his ex uh, p- uh, teammates was was interviewed yesterday of how of a teammate he was, and they said he was a terrible teammate. All he did was care about himself. When they lost, uh, even if he hit a home run, he still was up and all like you know, jump for joy. But when he went over five, he was you know he didn't care. Uh, but when he went when they went over five and they still won, he didn't care about it. He's only only about himself. So I think maybe there's still a little bit of. A tension still between the Cubs organization and Sammy Sosa before because of what he did. Uh but with, with McGuire, you know, he's he's really kind of taken that almost regretful form where, you know what, I, I what I did was wrong. I I'm sorry. Um I mean he's he's back in baseball. He hasn't been blackballed. He's coaching for the Padres now as a hitting coach. Um so but to me I think to re energize the game after what what has happened this year, put steroids back. I mean it, it everybody had a real good time um You know, with with the steroid pilot, with with the hitters being uh, all juiced up and the balls going everywhere, so I say bring them back. Give me one second, guys. Hold on, I have to pause real quick. Yeah, I say, I say bring steroids back to the game of baseball. And if you disagree with me, I don't care. No, 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 no. Wait a second. Yes, bring it back.
2: No, I just did this whole (laughs) long thing about cheaters and baseball and how I don't and how I have a hard time tweeting out and then El Bushman of course comes in Well, just bring it back let's just let's just juice everybody James, you am know, telling me right now
0: you it. you have them all look like Popeye and everything will be okay they hit like dingers <laughs> you'll have everybody hitting like 60 70 home runs everybody loves the long ball bring back steroids you'll have like pitchers juiced up like Roger Clemens was like thrown over 100 miles an hour it'll be fine and the game of baseball will be fine and everybody will, will want to go watch the games again
2: here, here's a fun question though about that because here because here's my other side of this okay and i'll ask you guys this question i'm gonna take over hosts for this one question sure. all right
1: <laughs> please uh, do here,
2: here it is here it is uh, do you think legitimately that anyone will beat barry bonds home run record in a season ever again
0: chip you can go first on that one <sighs> i mean with or without steroids
1: I mean, well, you have well. To, you, well right now we still don't I mean I think I think the potential is yes. Um because God knows where where baseball is going to be and now we've entered into areas where we have juiced baseballs. What happens if you get athletes that are on steroids and then they hit a juiced baseball? Well, holy crap. I mean, is that going to be 800 feet? So, who knows? I think I think yes. I think there could be uh, a time where you know you figure out that somebody can hit, and I think he hit seventy
0: three. Yeah, I think maybe. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah seventy three. Uh, okay. And then he also ha- he think- also has the the overall home run record too. He beat. You
2: no, know, he, overall- d- he broke Hank Aaron's record. Yeah, he broke That's right. Hank Aaron's yeah. record too. So I
1: mean, I think in a in a single season, I think yes, somebody could potentially get to that, but um you know if somebody does you know and the question that we all still have is the you know the hall of fame and you know all that stuff that's back there for the other the old school guys that are keeping them out or not letting them you know they're not getting the votes or you know how that how that all comes to a head is going to have a big uh, a big impact on that if the rules you know if if everybody was to come out and say hey look you know we want these guys they were important part in baseball we want all of them in the hall of fame uh you know all that jazz uh i think it definitely changes and you get more kids wanting to play baseball again and you know i think that could happen but um i don't know i think i think the potential yeah i think somebody could hit 73 on month
0: yeah i agree with you too chip i think um with the guys i have out now and i, I i'm looking at aaron judge uh primarily who i think mm. could could possibly do it would be him um other than that, I don't know. Stan maybe if he if he stays healthy, but I think Judge could be that front runner to do it. But it could be somebody else. You never know. And I think in our day and age, where the athletes that we see coming into the big leagues are bigger, stronger, you know, guys that almost look like they could be you know tight ends for certain football teams. Um, there there could be a chance too as well. And, um, and I looked at the stats right now. The closest guy to beat the overall home run record is Albert Pujols, was six hundred eight home runs. So. I mean, he's probably a year away from retiring, anyway. So I don't. I, I maybe there could be a chance to beat Barry Bonds a single season, but, but I don't know about the overall home run record. I don't know. What do you think, guys? Oh, well, I, Albert
2: Albert's tough. actually Albert's actually at six fifty six.
0: Is he? And
2: he's yeah, and he actually he only needs to average about twenty two home runs over the next three years of his contract with the Angels to become the member of the seven hundred club. Oh. So I mean. It's possible, but I but I'm with you though. As far as like age and stuff, I think he's probably on the you know the he's, outward he's, trend at this point. He's
0: 37, to 38, I think he's he's getting up there in age. He's almost a 40, so he's yeah.
2: and he's he's the only active player on yeah. on the list in the top 25 too. So that that's interesting to me. But um, but to me, I, I I look at Bonds hitting 73 in 2001. And I'm just like, I, I I don't know. It would be interesting to find it. Maybe you guys can find this out. Who, who has actually come close to that? Because I know there was, um, oh, what was his name? Adam Was it Adam Dunn, I think, that, like, hit 50 home runs a year for, like, three years in a row or something like that for the White Sox? Yep. Um, I mean, just, just crazy numbers he put up. But I don't think anybody has gotten close to 73 in a um, season since then. I'm pretty sure. I'm I'd have to i right do some home. On that, and obviously, you know, normally I'd do my homework on this kind of stuff. So the but, last,
0: know. Oh, no. So the last person to get kind of close was Stanton in 2017 with 59. Was who? Was
2: Stanton?
0: John oh, Carlos. Stanton. Okay. John Carlos wow. Stanton. That was in okay. 2000. Uh, that was three years ago. So, and he had 59. So he was, you know, somewhat. Okay. St- I mean, that's close, but not that close.
1: Not really close. But um, also, I think. The Hall of Fame voting, I mean, players, Major League Baseball players now have to be, I think it's 10 years uh, before, I think, the Hall of Fame takes you off the card. Yeah. And then I think after that, isn't it a committee that decides? That, I think so. I mean, I, I think it might be 10 years only, though. I can't I think, remember.
0: I think Bonds and Clemens are almost to that 10-year mark. They're two years, yeah, yeah. and
1: is the same. So, I yeah. mean, in two years... You're going to have a vote coming in uh, for those guys. And, I mean, it's really going to change, I think, personally, a lot on the game moving forward because people are going to see, and I think this is what Major League Baseball and maybe that committee deals with, is that, you know, if if those guys get in and they go to the Hall of Fame, then maybe kids and maybe players, maybe people look at it and go, well, these guys did use steroids. They are in the Hall of Fame. Maybe that's giving people a reason to, uh, you know, to do that. And then I understand the other flip side of that coin where obviously steroids are bad. And the major league, they didn't really have a collective bargaining agreement between the owners and the players about not taking that stuff back then.
0: Yeah, and what so, they were saying too was at that time, those types of steroids weren't, there was no regulations on them. There was yeah. no, they weren't on the list of stuff you couldn't take. So it's like after the fact that they got caught, okay, yeah. now now you're saying that they're bad. After all, and the hit. thing
2: too, the thing too to remember is, is that at the end of that documentary, there's an interview with a Chicago sports writer who said, "I think that Mark and Sammy are victims of of Major League Baseball because because of that reason, because there wasn't anything illegal technically about what they did at the time. Right? They were doing things that were fine, but now that it's frowned upon, now all of these years later, that it's frowned upon." that means that you look back and go, well, none of these guys should get in then because all of everybody was doing it. That's what McGuire was saying. McGuire was saying, yep. look, it's, it's hard to pinpoint just me because everybody, everybody was doing, doing it. it. Yep. And, and the other thing, too, and I want to tell you this real quick because this was interesting. So in 2019, Bonds had 59.1% of the Hall of Fame vote. This past year, he went up to 60.7%. he has got two years left. Yeah. So he's he and that was actually his first year was twenty thirteen and he was only thirty six percent of the vote. So he's caught up almost thirty percent. I think in the next two years, potentially there's a chance that he could be in the hall of fame. But I I just it's so interesting if he doesn't get in, the all time home run leader not getting in the hall of fame, Mark McGuire not getting in, Sammy Sosa not getting in. I mean, those three guys should easily get in if you look at statistics they're easily in there yeah
1: how so yeah th- we're gonna have to we'll have to see but yeah that would be nuts
0: i think uh yeah so bonds needs 75 percent. so he's eking up there and i think
1: he's knocking on the door
0: yeah i think but yeah. B- bonds biggest problem was he was a dick he was addicted. Yeah. He was addicted to all the press, all the all the journalists, all the TV guys, and those are the those are the guys that actually vote for you. So that that was his biggest problem: is he was just a dick to everybody. And when when Balco came out, he was even a bigger dick because he didn't admit to it. I mean, he was named in all the reports. I mean, you could physically tell like he took steroids. I mean, even his, his damn head got huge uh, after taking those. <laughs> and and the thing was like he didn't. He didn't need to take steroids. Bonds was a power hitter, anyways. Even though he, when he was skinny, rail and rail thin, when he was playing for Pittsburgh before he came over to San Francisco, um, but that that was the biggest thing I I think was since he was such a huge dick to everybody. That's this biggest problem. This is why he's not getting in. I think if he was nicer to everybody, he he'd be in. He'd probably be in a couple of years ago um, when when the, when the voting was happening. So I I think he'll eventually get in there. I think it's gonna be. I bet you anything is going to be so, so close on his final year that he might eke in. And I'm telling you, by maybe a half a point, he'll get in.
2: The most home runs he had as a Pittsburgh Pirate was in his career from 86 to 92. The highest total he had in one year was 34. And then he went to San Francisco where he was always up in the forties except for obviously the year he hit seventy three. Yep. So well, also that park was friendly to his swing.
1: Yeah. Like That's when he true. was hitting, it was a smaller field to where he was he was hitting the baseball. So now I'm not saying he pulled I mean he pulled a lot of home runs, God knows how many. It's still a it's still a long park, but that was more of a hitter's park as opposed to uh where he was.
0: Out of out of the three, Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa, who gets in, who doesn't get in?
1: Well, Bonds has been the closest with votes. Yep. The other guys, I don't even think have hit thirty. Uh, uh, I didn't have it. I was trying to look while we were chatting. I don't even think those other guys have even approached where he has in uh, in votes.
0: I think Bonds will get in. <sighs> McGuire might get in. Sosa, no, I say Sosa will not get in. And did you guys notice yeah. he, he's a he's a shade lighter than what he used to look like. Did you notice that yes. he's, a, he's a very positive guy, but he looks very very different from when he was in. in so in major so ranks. I
2: I got the numbers I got the numbers here. It's not okay. good. Um, yeah. So Mark McGuire started. Oh seven was his first year of eligibility. Mm. The highest he's been since uh, was twenty three point five percent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so. And then Sammy Sosa. Uh, as of last year, he actually his last one was at thirteen percent. So I don't think
0: yeah, okay, he's so either, either, close. either.
2: So yeah. Bonds will probably be it, just because. But I won't lie to you because of this documentary. I I really think they have a shot for next year, one of them to be in it. I don't know which one. Probably Mark because Mark is doing. Mark is actually working. You know, with the Padres system now. Yeah. So he's actually in Major League Baseball at this moment. Sammy's still. You know, is is a good ambassador and things like that, but but at the same time, he's not really doing anything with Major League Baseball. So, I you know, I I don't know.
0: I think uh, it's, Sammy I think has with,
2: two years remaining as well, just like Bonds. By the
0: I way, I think with Sammy too, after he was traded uh, to the Baltimore Orioles after after the whole you know steroid thing happened, his numbers went totally. I think he had like thirteen home runs when he went over to Baltimore. Uh, they like the year after he hit um, you know over sixty, and then. After that, he was done with baseball. I think he's almost become like a baseball pariah where nobody's really welcoming him back. I mean, I, trust me, I like Sammy Sosa when he played. I think just the way, especially during the, the trial, the Senate hearing, where he had an interpreter where he couldn't answer the questions it's like, oh, suddenly now you can't speak English, where you have to have an interpreter there to say you, have, you plead the fifth. Um, I think that kind of really damaged his, his reputation in the game of baseball by just not owning up to it. I mean, a lot of those guys have owned up to it by now, except for a couple. I mean, he is one of them. Yeah. I mean, McGuire owned up to it in 2010. And a lot of, I mean, even A-Rod's half-assed apologies like a thousand times, even he's owned up to it too. So, um, you know, I think – I think it, for Sammy, just owning up to it would maybe put put himself in a better light with Major League Baseball by just not, but by, by not saying it or admitting it at all, it just, it kind of further points him in the wrong direction with Major League Baseball. Same with Bonds, too. Bonds hasn't admitted anything, and he's still kind of been a pariah in baseball, too, so.
1: Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think Bonds will probably get in. I think those are the two guys, uh, you know, like we said, the vote total is not even close to getting there, so. I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to see what the special, if it does have a an effect on those numbers just to see. But I mean, and like we said before, they really did that, that season. I mean, baseball needed something to bring fans back into the stands. And those guys, those guys for a year completely transcended that sport. And I mean, they were involved in everything from the, you know, presidential election. Yeah. You know, they showed that clip yeah. of Bush going through and making <laughs> a joke about sending a trade, you know, Sammy Houston to the to the Cubs for Harold Baines. And, you know, they penetrated every area of media just by hitting home runs. I mean, all you yeah. knew for that, you know, that end of that season at the halfway mark, so they said it really started to to turn up is that those guys were everywhere. And you, uh... Uh, it was Great documentary.
0: Did you notice in the I documentary when they when they said, "Oh yeah, when the when the Cardinals were playing the Marlins, the Marlins weren't selling any kind of seats," and all of a sudden when Mark McGuire rolls in the town, they're selling out forty five thousand seats, even though they had the tarps yeah. on up on the upper deck. So it was like an event to go to, even though your team was out. Like people would still flock to see this happening, even the Cardinals games too. I mean, the Cardinals were out of it; they weren't. They were a sub five hundred team going into the ninety eight season, um, headed into the the final couple of months and you know they were still selling out seats because it was the main attraction, man. So, so yeah. I mean, honestly, I say if you if you want to bring baseball back, if it comes back, let's let's juice them all up again. That's cool with me. I'm all right with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's uh, make them the, make them the all. In the... Between
1: now and then is that we didn't know what was going on, right? And now Just... we do. Know. So it's kind of like telling you that Santa. Is your hero. And then your kid catches you downstairs in the Santa outfit putting out eating cookies. When you're their parents, and you got to have that conversation, Chip, so that's what I would equate
0: that to. Chip, make them into the steroid freaks, and that's fine with me. And just make them all look like Popeye; it's okay with me. I'm all right. <laughs> I mean, by by now, if you're a child and you don't know Santa is not real, then I mean, there's something maybe maybe wrong with the parenting. But hey, that's a, that's a oh, different that's a that's a different oh, story. Hey, wait, hold on, hold on. Oh, Popeye.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, let's let's transition over to football. Uh, a couple of News and notes out of today. Uh, Tom Brady wearing his Buccaneers his unis his unis today. I swear that the man is already a beautiful looking man. He looks pretty beautiful in those Bucks jerseys, and, and no homo on that. But but still, he, he's a, even more beautiful. <laughs> I think Giselle maybe oh, gave God. him some. I get. I think uh, Giselle maybe gave him some modeling tips too. He, he had the he had blue steel going on for the look, and he looked good, man what do you guys think? Well, it's
2: it's really, it's really awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. I love the jerseys, but to be honest, the hype for this started yesterday when, when they introduced the, the intro to the, in the current, uh, they, the Buccaneers do this like short little show, you know, called in the current. And, uh, they interviewed Tom and they interviewed Rob Gronkowski and they got them in their jerseys and and things like that, so and that comes out uh, Wednesday. Uh, so when this airs, it'll be today. Uh, so, so that's exciting. But that'll be that'll be really fun to watch and, and things like that. But yeah, man, look, I, I Mark Cook said it earlier, and I think he phrased it perfectly. He said, "I don't think the Bucks could have done a better job with the jerseys because I, I didn't like the alarm clock jersey at all. I thought it was terrible. Uh, we had to settle with that for the last five years." And I think that, you know, this jersey is just a maybe it's hopefully maybe a changing of the guard, you know, New Jersey, new quarterback, uh, who's an old quarterback, but a new quarterback, new, you know, new number, who dis <laughs> uh, stuff like that. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where this is a new a new time for the franchise. And I, and I think there's just so much excitement about it. But, man, that pewter jersey uh, just look, looks looks pretty awesome. sweet,
0: man. Looks pretty sweet. Uh,
1: I've been thinking about something now and it's starting to
0: You're
1: gonna my uh, it's starting no 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 it's starting <laughs> to resonate more and more with me as far as the highlights and as far as sports continue the, its its trek back to normal. Um, this would be the worst fate in the world for football to have to alter schedules and change things. But imagine what you what the fans in Tampa think if football starts to spiral out of control or a second wave of COVID hits and players start testing positive. Well Zeke did the other doesn't go on. That's right. Yeah, Zeke's already been tested positive. Dallas and Houston that have tested positive. Now, if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan and you have waited, salivated for years to get the type of team on the field that can get you back to the Super Bowl. What happens if you've signed the GOATs? You've signed Gronkowski. You've got the pieces. And football uh, does chip, not chip, start. Chip,
2: chip, 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 Shut your damn mouth. Shut your damn mouth right now. Shut your mouth. My, grand- mean- my grandmother used to say, you're calling it into being. Stop uh- it. I'm asking. I'm not calling it into being. I'm asking.
1: <laughs> what I, happens?
0: I, I say you play sick. You you just like yeah, the Jordan the Jordan game. Play you play sick. sick. You right. play sick.
1: Okay. Coronavirus. And that's what I was going to say, L. Bushman. Is that you know we started to see Dallas a couple of players, Houston a couple of players, and the NFL. Now, don't get me wrong. The NFL is the biggest revenue generating sport machine, and there will be. A season, I want there to be a season I mean, I live in Florida for Christ's sakes I want to be covering The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady I want to But I gotta tell you, man There's just this, you know Maybe it's because I'm in Atlanta and I'm home That just yep. this, you know, this little thought Just kind of, you know, just kind of weaseled its way in When I saw that uh, yeah. You know, those articles coming out About the, the
2: football players We need to get you uh, back down here positive.
0: Get back, get you back yeah. down here in Florida you're, you're I'm working, in on, Georgia. I'm working. I need. Oh. I need to
2: get back down in Florida too. I'm with right you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so, over here. But, I'm over here in Alabama, where I'm right in between New Orleans and Atlanta. So I'm like, ugh. I'm literally dead in between both. Like they're both within two to three hours of me where I am. So it's it's kind of annoying. But anyway,
0: now James, you yeah. uh you sent this uh text yeah. to us, uh, Josh Rosen maybe once it's a big, almost no. how big of a possibility is Josh Rosen maybe coming to Tampa Bay? Is that a huge possibility? I mean, CBS sports, right. sports reported that, right?
2: Right. So someone from CBS sports and again, the name unfortunately right now is escaping me and I've been trying to find this article. Um, but I did see it. I did read it. So it's definitely there. I just can't credit the person who wrote it. Um, but other bucks outlets as well have written about it also. So it's not just, you know, one person saying it. Um, But to me, I think it would be very interesting to get a guy like Josh Rosen, who's in a situation down there in Miami that is very, uh, you know, everybody's on the, it is. I mean, everybody's on the the Tua Tungabailoa bandwagon. And look, I understand why. I've watched Tua Tungabailoa for the last, you know, several years. Obviously, living in Tuscaloosa, you hear all about Tua Tungabailoa. He's Alabama. Um, You know, you hear about all that stuff, Roll Tide, all that, you know. Um, but to me, you know, I look at a guy like that and say, well, is he, is he the guy coming off of a, a very serious injury, uh, to start right away for the Miami dolphins, as much as the fans, you know, really want to give him the, the, the crown already. Plus, you, you know, you got Fitzpatrick there, uh, already. And both of those guys, you know, between both of those guys, they ended up finishing seven and nine last year. So it's, it's kind of interesting in that regard, but. Look, I think if there was a guy that the Bucks could take to groom behind Tom Brady, Josh Rosen might be a good idea. I, I don't think it's a bad idea. I don't think it's going to happen, to be honest, because unless, you know, Tua just plays out of his mind uh, and when he starts, which, again, they haven't even officially confirmed anything yet. Nobody has because training camp isn't even here yet at this point. Uh, but it would it would be interesting to me to see Josh Rosen back up Tom Brady for a couple of years, and then who knows? After
0: what a, that, what a thirty for thirty that would make for Josh Rosen. Like the title for that thirty for thirty would be, "What could have been the Josh Rosen story?" <laughs> or short end, think, uh, short end of the it, stick, the story be of Josh fans Rosen.
2: Fans to the left, fans to the right. That's what it would be. <laughs> that, that's that's it, right? That's a that's a raised baseball reference, right there, folks. Anyway, fun. Time. Josh Rosen and and Elbushman, you and I have
1: talked about it. I mean. God, what a what a career he yeah. has had in the NFL so far. Getting picked, obviously, to a team that has no offensive line. Uh, you know, getting handed the reins and just trying to make, uh, you know, just gold out of just goulash, dude. Out of having nothing, <laughs> you know. <And laughs> you can't, you can't in the NFL. You can't do that if you don't have an offensive line. I don't care who you are. You're dead. You can't you can't be a quarterback and not have a good offensive line. And he's just been put in bad situation, bad situation. And I mean it's just it's awful for him, dude. And he's still got he's twenty three or twenty-four. So I mean twenty three. Yeah. Twenty three. My God, dude, he's still got a ton of time. So if you're Tampa, you drafted uh Winfield Jr., you have another safety, Justin um um,
2: Nikes.
1: thank you. Uh, who could be a uh, good, good special teamer? Thank you. Good, good guy who did play safety, was developing maybe. Uh, in the looking at the article, I think David Harrison was the guy who wrote it, or was it Dan Harrison? David Harrison, I just saw it on SB uh, Nation. Um, they suggested that you trade him, the safety, and maybe like a, a fifth round pick, but yeah. you also take, take into concern. Your quarterbacks coach, and you know Bruce Arians, and just make sure both those guys are on the same page on how you're going to run the ship. And then, I mean, why not put someone you know like him next to Tom Brady? I mean, what kind of damage is that going to do?
2: So check this out. So the you know Byron Leftwich, he was actually Rosen's interim offensive coordinator during his rookie year at Arizona. So there there there's ties there too. So I mean, look, this the more that you kind of read into this, you're like, well, what makes sense? I mean yeah. a twenty-three a twenty-three year old kid. If you were to tell uh, Bruce Arians that you know you have Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback to play this game, uh, in in my opinion, outside of apparently according to everybody, Jameis Winston, whatever. Uh, so <laughs> whatever, bunch of idiots. Uh, but you have you know you have one eye on the future with Josh Rosen. You know you can bring in Josh Rosen to sit behind Tom Brady for two years, and I honestly don't think that Josh Rosen would have a single problem sitting behind Tom Brady for two years. You get him ready, you put him in when he's 25, you still got plenty of time. Quarterbacks in this league are playing into their 40s. I mean, you still got plenty of time, you know, barring injuries and things like that. So if you're telling me that that the greatest quarterback of all time has two years to groom a quarterback who's 23 years old, and is not a bad quarterback by any stretch. He's got some things that you know he doesn't do well, obviously. But if if I can learn from the greatest of all time for two years and then come in and take over as a franchise guy, sign me up. I'd rather have
0: every- I'd rather have Rosen than Gabbert. I mean, we've all seen Gabbert's career; yeah, it's, it's been exactly. terrible. I I under, understand why Gabbert's still on the team. I I would I would call Josh Rosen and be like, look. This is the deal. We've got we've got Brady for maybe two, maybe three years. You're gonna sit behind him. Yeah, you're gonna sit behind a, a Hall of Famer for a couple of years. Deal with it. But do you, you want to learn from the best, don't you? And Josh Rosen's gonna be uh huh, uh-huh, I'll be your Huckleberry. And and that's that's it. That's that's the game plan. That that's you're grooming Josh Rosen to be that, that that the person that's gonna take over the franchise. I I, I don't well, I, yeah. I don't mind that. No, and
1: I think also call guys like Jacoby Brissett. Call yeah. guys like Jimmy Garoppolo call guys that have sat and talked and spent time with Tom Brady and ask him, Hey, you, you were with Brady for a handful of years. What did that do to your football game? Or what does that do to you mentally? Or how do you look at the game now? And I mean, those are going to be answers that are going to be very impactful. So even if it is two seasons, I bet if you asked either of those guys, the time that they spent with him, how impactful it was to their careers now. They'd say monuments. They'd say it was huge, massive. So why not? You gotta like we said, you got a young kid, bring him over there, give him two years, and who knows, maybe maybe you get to see some of the you get to see the guy that you saw who was drafted in the first round out of UCLA. Yeah. See the guy with the, you know, arm talent and, and the ability to make throws. Maybe after all the you know post traumatic stress that he's going through after being shot at the past two years, I mean being hit every play running for his life, maybe you find that guy. No risk. No
0: risk and no well, biscuit, man.
2: Well, and here's the thing, and and, and just a, a quick side note, because I know there's a lot of people not excited about this, but I kind of am uh, for two reasons. Uh, you know, Madden 21, was was the trailer was released today.
0: I was just about to bring that up, too. Uh,
2: yeah, and actually, Lamar Jackson was on the cover so that means he's going to have a horrible year next Isn't year. Isn't that two years in a row
0: he's been on the cover? Or no, last year was uh, was Mahomes. That's last my...
2: year was Mahomes. Yeah, yeah but my, Mahomes. My Mahome. Yeah, he still got injured. But, I mean, still. He broke the changed. curse, though, I guess, technically. So maybe yeah. Lamar Jackson will win a Super Bowl this year. I don't know. Maybe.
0: <laughs> I, so Time will tell. When, when they announced that Lamar Jackson was on the cover, I'm like, man, now that kind of puts – me and fantasy and kind of in a crossroads because usually the guys that are on the cover <laughs> get hurt. So, I, do you guys believe in the believe in the Madden curse? I kind of do. I, I, I used do. to until again you uh, you bring up Patrick Mahomes
2: and you're like, well, the dude just won a Super I mean, Bowl. He just won a Super Bowl. So I Bowl, mean, it's, it's 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 kind of like the curse is maybe broken now. Uh, maybe this is a a sign of things to come. If you're on the cover, you're definitely winning a Super Bowl. I I don't know, maybe, but um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, the Ravens. You know what, though? The Ravens have probably one of the better chances to win it in the league, uh, especially after the draft that they had. Uh, again, they had a great draft. So yeah. if I'm looking at a team to pick in, in Vegas and things like that, I, I'm not going to overlook the Ravens who are, who went 14-2 and two last year and have a great attack with Lamar Jackson. So I, I'm not going to overlook that by any stretch. They also have one of the easiest schedules coming back. Yep. Yeah. I think they might have
1: the easiest schedule actually. I'll have to we'll dig into that later and save that for training camps. But yeah, I I definitely if you're looking at a team in the AFC who's already got a great springboard uh coming into this year, uh yeah, definitely keep your eye on them. there will be something to watch.
0: Before we get out of here uh, you know, our our girl on the show, Kristen got engaged. So she's Woo-hoo! And apparently she's going to get married in Vegas. So uh the pro bowl yes. now going to be moving to Vegas. In the new Allegiant Stadium, this coming. uh, You think she
2: planned that? You think she planned that? (sighs) I think she planned it.
0: With with those two, I don't think anything's planned. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say. I I
1: I saw that, and I first I (laughs) wanted to check and see if you know there was any other posts or if anybody was laughing or what the memes were. Yeah, and then it was good.
0: Kristen, so. if, if you're listening to the this episode, we love you. Congratulations. We love you. To, to, Congratulations. To you, and, to you and Sean, we are putting prop bets to see uh, uh, when the <laughs> uh, wedding will be, uh, how many fights you guys will get in between before the wedding happens.
2: Marriage. Uh, Marriage <laughs> is what brings us together today. Exactly. It's like a circle. A circle. It goes around circle. and around. Round and around.
0: circle. I think we should take an RV and just ride out to Las Vegas for the Pro Bowl. That'd be well, I
2: asked her. I asked her if I could be the minister because I am a pastor. So I wow. asked her if I could be the minister, and she seemed to be cool with it. So I don't yes. know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so fingers crossed. Then we could have a we could do a pre show before the show. Ooh, That's really? what I told her. I was like, we could make this like a big event, like the royal wedding. We could do a sports <laughs> caffeine wedding show. I'm telling you, we could do the pregame. Oh, here comes the bride. She's walking down the aisle. Oh man, she's walking real slow. This might turn into an evening wedding. Here we go. Like Chip, we could I, you
0: know, I know one thing I know one thing. Carl Carl's gotta dress up like Elvis uh to be in the ceremony if that happens. <laughs> yeah he's gotta dress up like I, Elvis.
1: I can do a play by play.
0: Alright, uh, I'm, I'm ready. Coming to you live from Las Vegas Allegiant Stadium outside of the parking lot, we've got the wedding of the century. We've got Kristen Yawan and Sean Connor. Yes, that's right, oh. Sean Connor. Just like the Terminator character. Okay, here, here comes Kristen. Coming down the aisle. Oh, she trips over somebody's heel. Okay, she gets back up. The pass play with the rings, and it's good! They're finally going to be it,
2: And Al Bushman, I just want to come and tell you from the sideline, we have talked to the ring bearer. He did not forget the rings. Back okay, the
0: he did not Okay, that's a good thing too.
2: <laughs> or we could do like yeah. we could do like the Monday Night Football. And be like, now when Kristen when she walks down the aisle, she's going to get married. Back okay, to you.
0: <laughs> can I can I be one of those uh, floating things like Booger was? Okay, so yes. see, what happens yes. is if he puts the ring on her finger? That means they are married until one of them dies or somebody gets murdered. See that's what happens. <laughs>
2: back, back to you, Howie. <laughs> Oh, that'll
0: give man. us
1: a reason to be in the draft then. I'm excited about that. Or not the draft, excuse me, Pro Bowl.
0: That's cool to me.
2: The good old usually, Pro Bowl.
0: Usually the Pro Bowl's a terrible game, but I'll go to Vegas to, to see the Vegas wedding of uh, Kristen and Sean. So anyways. Just I mean, one
2: quick statement about Vegas before we get off here. Uh, I did last night while I was, you know, I get in the YouTube trap where I watch one video and then another one comes up and blah, blah, blah. Well, they had this 30 minute documentary about the Ravens, or the Ravens, the Raiders new stadium in Las Vegas. And I won't lie to you, it looks really cool.
1: <laughs> I'm looking, <laughs> like, at the, looking at the pictures right now. I like
2: right it now. a lot. It looks really awesome, what they've done to it. They have a whole back wall that actually opens up to where you can see the Vegas skyline. in, in the I think it's the south end zone. So it actually it looks really sweet. I, I don't know. Some people say it looks like a toilet bowl. I don't know. I think it looks pretty awesome, to be honest. Well, the
0: Raiders do play there, so it is kind of like a toilet bowl.
2: So we'll, well see. Well, you happens. know. So, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway.
0: All right, guys! Great show. It's good to have you on. Of course, uh, listen to Sports Caffeine live, Sports Caffeine streaming on fans dot com, and also the app, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play, and uh, sp- and whatever other ones we're on. And then make sure to subscribe to <laughs> us on Twitter at Sports Caffeine One, and also on Facebook as well. And uh, you know, while you're at it, go to Set the Sales Podcast too. They need some some followers too. Don't you guys need followers too, just like us, right, James?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah. just do me a favor, if you're gonna promote us, you know, you gotta be on your game, man. You gotta oh, be on your right game. Right. No, I'm kidding. No, I, I know we got you thrown off with the wedding commentary, so man, I'm telling you, we need to make this happen. I'm gonna start a hashtag right now. Uh, sports, cool, caffeine. <laughs> sports Caffeine. Sports Wedding. There, there all right.
0: it is. I'm alright with that. All right guys, for uh, for myself, L Bushman Chip and James, we will catch you next time on Sports Caffeine. Thanks for listening to another episode of Sports Caffeine. Available for streaming on FanStreamSports.com and FanStream Sports, the app.